right. So, episode 36. Here we are. Mavs podcast. First week. First week of the season. Yeah. Right. Four games down for the Mavericks. And we're two and two. Yeah, that, you know, look, I think uh, everyone kind of has a bad taste in their mouth after the Atlanta game the other night. Mavs had jumped out to a huge lead. And then uh, the Hawks, who who are not a good basketball team, come back and they end up winning the game. But third biggest collapse in Mav- Mavericks history. Yeah, but but I think also this is the type of thing that's going to happen with uh, when you're relying on two really young guys uh, and, and without a guy like Harrison Barnes in there who. It's a little bit more of a go-to right now for the Mavericks. He's going to be kind of a little bit more of a go-to veteran scorer down the stretch in a game like that. You know, obviously, you had the Minnesota game last Saturday where they didn't need a veteran guy. You know, Doncic and, and Smith were able to step up. But um, I, I think that's where you kind of miss a guy like Harrison Barnes in a situation like that. Sure, or even Dirk. Yeah, or even Derek, that's right. Yeah, he may not be able to do much, but he'd certainly be able to steady the shift in a uh, situation like that. Yeah. And then uh, the Phoenix debacle was a bit surprising. but um, <laughs> Yeah, you know, as reported here, we thought Devin Booker was not going to play. Obviously, he did and had a monster uh, game, and, and especially fourth quarter. I, I was actually really impressed more with the Suns in that game. I mean, Aiton looked really good, and, and Booker's yeah. really good. I, I'm not saying that um, they're a great team or the Mavs shouldn't have won that game. I mean, that was a four-point game with, like, four minutes left, and then it just kind of got away from the Mavericks in the last few minutes. Yeah, and for the record, I was not the only outlet to think Devin Booker would be out. <laughs> I, I agree first. with you. I thought he was out. I, I thought he was going to be out for a while with that hand injury. Yeah, that was surprising. But uh, he was amazing. Like, I think the two guys they got, I, I hate saying this because I love Luka Doncic, but uh, I kind of see why they took Aiton because they have Booker. And yeah, balance, exactly, exactly. The, the balance those two have is, uh, I think it's pretty good. It's pretty strong. So, I, uh, yeah, they they look pretty good. I think they look pretty good. Uh, I don't think they're going to do anything, and I, I still like this Mavs team. But those two core players, uh, I mean, they both can be all-stars. So, that's pretty impressive. Agreed. Agreed. And then... All right. The thrilling, uh, the big, the thrilling win against Minnesota, and then the win against the Bulls, and and the interesting note there was, it was the first time the Mavericks were over 500 since the end of the 2016 season. Yeah, that, I think that's what made the Hawks' loss so stinging is we were so close to being three and one, and really like, I don't know, and, and both wins could have been just. Uh, wins that uh, we we could have won those games handily, both of them. And uh, anyways, didn't happen. We'll let it go. First question of the day is uh, if you could choose one beaten down celebration to get rid of, <laughs> would it be would it be Wes Matthews bow and arrow uh-huh. or, or Zeke Elliott's feed me? 
I would go with Zeke Elliott's Feed Me that I would yeah. eliminate. Yeah. I mean, I know this podcast has not necessarily been kind to Wes Matthews and the bow and arrow in the past, but yeah. I, I, at this point, I'm like, great. No, good. Fine. Do the bow and arrow. I'm just happy he made it three. You know, Zeke is, is fairly uh, successful, I would say. He leads the yeah. league in rushing. And so I don't need to see him, like, doing the feed me thing just, just all day. Like, we're getting, like, three bows and arrows out of yeah. Wes Matthews. And uh, I don't need the feed me thing all day. And um, I don't know. How cool is it at this point, right? I mean, we're, like, three well, years in. Are we, still, are we still doing that? I think that's what makes Aaron Rodgers so cool because he's such – he very passively let go of the discount double check thing. Yeah. And uh nobody talks about it anymore. He he just kinda called it. He's like, Yeah, it's played. He let it go. Yeah. And both those guys, I don't know if their marketers are telling them to keep doing it. I don't know if Wes Matthew has a marketer, but uh he needs to stop. Well and I think Whoever's giving Zeke advice is probably giving him more advice in other areas of his life, and maybe they mm. just haven't gotten to, like, celebrations. That's fair. I think my logic was a little different from yours. I think Zeke Elliott is going to be in a Dallas uniform longer, so I would like him to stop sooner. I, I don't know what's going to happen with Wes Matthews. I mean, he's a free agent, so there's yeah. definitely a uh, who knows who knows what's happened after this year, but, you know, it's it's troubling to me. I, I guess the part I don't get is what you hear out of the Mavericks all the time is how much they love Brunson, Wes Matthews, and Dwight Powell. And uh, I know two of the three thus far have been two of the more frustrating Mavericks. And um, I don't know, Brunson's... Brunson reviews are mixed. I, I know a lot of people love him, but I feel like he airballs a three every game, too. So I don't, I don't know what to think of that guy. Well, I don't, from a sample size perspective, I mean, Brunson's four games into an NBA career, and I don't even know if he's played 50 minutes yet. Among that's those fine, four games. yeah. So I yeah. would say hard, hard to judge anything from Brunson. I think he's had a couple of nice moments so far and, yeah, uh, you know, a couple of rookie moments, but... Yeah, I mean, Wes Matthews, it'll be interesting after this season what they do with Matthews because they love him as kind of a, a leader and, like, character veteran guy in the locker room. Obviously, yeah. he's grossly overpaid uh, at this point. I mean, making, like, $18 million, he He's not going to get that to come back here. No uh, He's not going to get that probably anywhere. So the question is kind of, has he fallen in love with the Mavericks so much that he's willing to kind of take a – you know, significantly smaller deal to just stay here and finish out his career? Or is he yeah. kind of thinking, hey, I'm going to jump to these guys? Now, now, the good thing for the Mavericks is that we're kind of a team, hopefully, you know, people consider us a team on the rise. You know, I think with Smith right. and Doncic and DeAndre Jordan's been, been good here. Obviously, he's not a younger guy, but he's a guy who's still got some good years ahead of him. Um, so maybe it's attractive for Matthews to take a discount to stay here. Uh, yeah, I could go either way with it. I mean, that that's my big complaint from the Hawks game is you would think he was our number one option if you were watching that game. I mean, yeah. taking way too many shots. Yeah. I, I just, 
I, I can't think of a time where he even passed the ball. Well, yeah. some of that is he came out and he was hitting shots. And, and there's that, you know, I think we've all been on those teams where there's the guy who you really don't want to shoot it, or and then he comes out and hits his first couple, and it's actually the worst thing that could happen to your team yep. because now he thinks, I'm in the zone, right? And so yep. two for two turns into two for ten really quickly. And yeah. I think Matthew scored like 15. He had like 15 or 18 by the second quarter. And so I think it was that, that exact case where it's like, that's our hot hand, and he, he crashed back to reality pretty quickly. Yeah, I mean, the way I see it, he plays basketball like I do, you know? And, now, and for, that's, those, for those and that's unfamiliar with your game, how would, you, yeah. how would you describe that? He's a chucker. Okay. <laughs> Very good. Very good. And... He thinks every time he shoots, it's about to be ten straight shots that he's right. going to make. You know? Right. Yeah. And and you know sometimes he hits two three in a row. I mean he's got a nice shot. He uh, he can get hot. But uh, you know I just feel like this is this is Luca and Dennis's team. And uh, you're seeing at least you saw in that Hawks game, those two still have not found a rhythm together. I know they all like each other and they're in the same apartment building and you're hearing all this positive stuff, but there is no amazing chemistry between those two thus far. Would you agree? Yeah, I would agree. I think you've seen good things out of Luca and DeAndre Jordan, which I think is probably a more natural partnership because he loves to pass and Jordan likes to go to the hole, but You've seen that connection a lot. You you have yet to see anything within the two of them. It very much seems like when Doncic has the ball, it's like Smith is not going to touch the ball in that possession, and then vice versa. You know, yeah. they're almost kind of taking turns. I agree. I agree. And that's not chemistry. <laughs> that's like that's like OKC Thunder from two three years ago. You know. Well, or the Heat when and I mean these these guys are not. You know LeBron and Wade, but you know that that was the thing when LeBron got to Miami. Is he and he and Wade would pretty much just take turns uh, on possessions. Now there, you're talking about two Hall of Famers, so that's going to be really effective <laughs> if they yeah. take turns. But not not exactly what you want to see as as a Mavericks fan. But that should get better. I mean that in in an, outside of Oklahoma City, in, in other cases where we've seen this over time, that should get better. Yeah, I mean, I think that's my one complaint, though, is I I wish we were more focused on developing that chemistry versus Wes Matthews taking so many threes. Like, I'm not sure where the disconnect is, but I can't think that's what Carlisle wants. Well, I mean, the Mavericks lead the league in three-point attempts, so I think Ah. what's clear is that they want three-point attempts. I mean, Mm -hmm. they had close to 50 in the Minnesota game, maybe something mm. similar. Uh, I think, yeah, I mean, they've, they've been up at, you know, 40 plus, I think, uh, every game. So that, that is to a certain extent what they want. I think they want Smith and Doncic to break down the defense and then kick it out for open threes to, to Matthews and eventually to Barnes and Nowitzki and, and everybody else on this team. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, I, I hear what you're saying that I, I think they, should spend a little bit more time, you know, getting a little two-man game going with those two. But but I also think it's clear that 
the, the open three-pointer is very much uh, what the Mavericks want this season. Yeah, that's fair. I think, um, I don't know. Uh, I just, I'm going to be curious to see, like, talking about the other players, I've really been impressed with Dorian Finney-Smith. Um, it feels like both him and Kleber, their three-point shot has improved tremendously. And it's added so much value to their game. And, uh, I don't know, I, I'm curious, like, when Harrison Barnes come back, bleh, Harrison Barnes come back, I uh, I think everybody's assuming Finney Smith goes to the bench. But wouldn't you rather see him in the starting lineup, maybe move to the two for the deep defensive element that he plays? And he's, he doesn't need the ball. We're like, who Wes Matthews does? <laughs> Well, I think Wes Matthews is more used to having the ball, right? And Finney Smith is definitely, you know, kind of like, I'll shoot when I'm open. You know, he's that 3 and D guy that everybody wants, right? Right. Um, but I think that's possible because Doncic and Smith can handle, can both handle the ball. It's like, do you need Wes Matthews to handle the ball? Or are you better off with a better defender out there? Because, you know, once Barnes is back, you know, that's not a great defensive lineup. Uh, but you do have DeAndre Jordan there that can make a lot of lineups look a little better defensively. No, I agree. And then, I mean, imagine that bench of Berea, Wes Matthews, Dwight Powell, and Dirk. I mean, that was like our starting lineup two years ago. But that yeah. <laughs> that, that would be amazing, I feel. That would be a really good bench. And Wes can be that defensive presence that three-point shooting for the second team. I, I don't know if they're going to do it. I mean, that's a – I don't know if he'd accept that. I, I have no idea. I think if you're – I think if you're a great locker room guy, you would accept that. But um, I'd really like to see that lineup because, um, you know, that would allow Luca and Dennis to play more together, play off uh, DeAndre, and then um, less of a focal point Le- – Wes wouldn't be taking shots from them. You know, DFS would, would shoot some when he's wide open, but he's just not going to put up, you know, 15 three-pointers a game. Well, but I think that's going to change for Matthews once Barnes is back because Barnes is going to get a lot of touches and he's going to score a lot of points. So I think you, you won't see as many attempts from Matthews or, you know, uh, anybody, really. I mean, it's going gonna, it's gonna to change once, uh, once Barnes is in there. Yeah. And Barnes is not expected, I think, to be the leaning scorer that he has been and, and the focal point, but he's gonna he's gonna command a lot of attention. Uh yeah. On that end of the floor. Well, and I think the fact that we're two and two without Barnes is a great sign because uh he's he'd be a great number three option, you know. Yeah. And uh I think he'd really balance out the lineup really well. So it, it is gonna be exciting to see him playing again. Which could happen as early as tonight against Toronto. Really? I heard uh, when they were on the in the Atlanta game, the, the talk and the pregame, Mark Follow-up said that they're hoping, maybe it's Chuck Cooperstein, maybe I was listening to the radio, but they said uh-huh. uh, if he has a good workout uh, on Thursday, and I, I haven't followed up to see you know how that went, but um, they said, yeah, he, he may get to play tonight against Toronto. Well, that would be great because uh, Toronto's for real. Are they still undefeated? <laughs> they are undefeated. They're five and zero. Oh. 
Yeah, they're looking really good. Like I, um, I know we didn't cover the Eastern Conference in our preview, but uh, I think everybody thought Toronto should be good, but you just can't trust that team. And uh, yeah, Kawhi's definitely back, hundred percent. He he looks great. Yeah, well, and I think that was part of the X factor too. It's like as much as you don't trust, kind of the the aura around the Raptors, like what are they really going to achieve? It's like nobody knew what to expect from Kawhi from a, you know, physical standpoint, like whatever these injuries were that were keeping him out last year. Yeah. And then kind of mentally, is he going to kind of just go after it? Or is he like, does he want to be there or whatever the case may be? But yeah, you're right. I mean, he's looked like he's, he's ready to roll and, and you can see what kind of impact he has on a team, um, yeah, they've they've looked great. They beat the Celtics last Friday, so I mean those those are those two in the Sixers are supposed to be your top three in the East. Um, yeah. But Toronto has has looked great so far, so it's going to be a tough one tonight for the Mavericks on the road. Yeah, I agree. Um, pulling it back a little, looking around the NBA, any early shockers for you? Like any early thoughts on what has transpired in the first week? Um, you know, we had Denver like making the playoffs. I think in in our preview, but yeah, they, they they've looked really good. You know, and uh, up to last night when they blew a lead late against the Lakers, they've I you know I, I've been impressed with them. Um, also, uh, and this one isn't as surprising, but um, I think I think Utah's looked really good too. Um, yeah, like both Utah of those teams. and yeah. the uh, Pelicans. Oh, and the Pelicans have just been, I mean, just fun to watch. I mean, goodness gracious, they're getting up and down the floor, and Miritich has been just bombing from all over the place, and then Anthony Davis is making a push for MVP already. Uh, yeah, I mean, Anthony Davis looks completely unstoppable. Like, yeah. I think last year's playoff push and really, you know, a lot of people make a big deal about DeMarcus Cousins, but he really didn't get in a groove until uh, he was paired with Meritage. And those two together are just, they've got some serious chemistry. They bring out the best in each other. And they are just rolling. And even, uh, you know, the additions of Julius Randle and Alfred Payton, they are, uh, they're really not feeling the losses of Rondo and uh, DeMarcus Cousins, at least as of yet. No, I think Randle's a really nice fit for them. I mean, he's, he's a really skilled big man. Yeah, just kind of got squeezed out of a situation in L.A. with with everything going on there. And, um, you know, I I thought it was a great pickup for the Pelicans uh, when they got him. And, and, you know, Alfred Payton's a guy that was starting in Orlando. And and granted, Orlando hasn't been great, but that's a guy that's logged a lot of minutes in the NBA. So if he's more of a complimentary piece, that's going to be a really nice addition to your team. So, yeah, they're – they're a really, I mean, like I said, fun team to watch and kind of, kind of interesting to see how they go through the season. And uh, one team we didn't mention yet, but look interesting to me, is Houston. I mean, could they suck? <laughs> I, mean, I mean, they do have the stink of uh, Carmelo Anthony on them. So yeah, I mean, there's, they kind of look terrible. There's that. Well, I mean, look, everyone kind of said, I mean, Ariza signed elsewhere. They lost, uh, who was the other one? And Bob Mute. Um, yeah, Bob yeah. Mute. 
So, so they lost to both of those guys who were, you know, guys who were kind of critical to them last year. And they go out and they get like Michael Carter Williams oh. and, and Carmelo Anthony. And they're just like, yeah, we're good. We're going to run it back. And it's like, and, and Ennis. Oh yeah. Tyler Ennis, right? Tyler Ennis. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, that's, I, I thought they got worse just looking at them from a roster perspective. And granted, getting worse than your 65-win team, that's still a really good team, right? But Well, they've just, looked terrible yeah. against the Pelicans and the Jazz, and that convinced me that both of those teams are better than them. Just one game. <laughs> that's right. Hot take. Hot take Friday. I think I, I wow. now push Houston down to wow. a 4 or 5 feet. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I really do. And now, look, they're offering four first-rounders for Jimmy Butler now. <laughs> I saw that, which is amazing because there are so many. Like, I, I was reading that. and That's that's the you, equivalent of, of, of offering a first-round pick for Amari Cooper right there. That's desperation. <laughs> <laughs> that's terrible. That is, that is pretty desperate. Four first-rounders. For Jimmy Butler, I mean, you're you're committing to paying just a ton in luxury tax, yeah. And you're pretty much saying we got to win a championship with this group, yeah. And can you think of? I mean, like, we're also saying I don't think we can with the group I have now. Oh, 100 percent. And I think yeah. they're 100 percent right that they can't win with the group they have. But how potentially combustible is that locker room. I mean, and maybe Butler's like good friends with, with all this. I have no idea, but yeah, just on the surface, it would appear that Chris Paul, James Harden, Carmelo Anthony, and Jimmy Butler are. Oh my God. Uh, like, I, I wouldn't want to be like the 12th man on that group. Like, Hey where, guys, where, where are we going tonight? <laughs> you guys want to get dinner or no? Worst locker room. Worst locker room ever. Um, yeah, that would be scary. But I'd love to see it. Actually, I would love to yeah, see it happen. Yeah, like yeah, I have no, I, I have no love for the Houston Rockets. So yeah, I would, I would not mind that at all. Um, yeah, but it would be yeah, an interesting chemistry experiment, and also kind of like it would also be hilarious when they didn't win a championship because mm-hmm. Golden State. If anybody, I know you know it's twenty minutes in, and we're just mentioning them, but they still look really good. Steph Curry scored yeah. fifty in like thirty minutes the other day. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, when they didn't win a championship, I, I think it would be really funny because then they would have, like, no future. Yeah. I would love that for Houston. <laughs> um, <laughs> let's, let's go back to the map because uh, last game we saw Luca versus uh, Trey Young. Yeah. Um, any thoughts on Trey Young? Would you take Trey Young over Dennis Smith Jr.? Uh, I mean, not – at this point, like Trey Young is kind of the guy that I thought he's been, he he would be right now. You know, like yeah. he's he's a good shooter. He he's a good player. I I have nothing against Trey Young, but I'm not also not like clamoring to get him. Like if the Mavericks had drafted him, I would kind of be like, ah, okay. And and he I I I know he will have some games this year where he'll score thirty forty points, you know, and just put up numbers, but. You know, look at the shooting percentages in those games and, and just kind of look at the game result. It might be 35 points on 30 shots and, and a 20-point loss, right? Um, yeah. So right now, I, w- I would say no to that trade. But Oh, 100%. I agree yeah. with you. I uh, 
come to realize I don't like small point guards being the focal point of your team. Like, J.J. Barea might be in the top ten of, you know, my all-time favorite players, but he's never been designated as our star. And that's actually what's made him great, you know. It's kind of like Isaiah Thomas where, you know, when when you're not expecting from him, he's a great novelty, but when, you can't build a team around him. Yeah. And, uh, you know, even though Trey Young hit some shots the other night, you walk away just feeling like he's so little and he's just never going to put together a six, seven year span of just dominance, you know? Well, I think that was said about Steph Curry once upon a time. So, I mean, well, that's the analogy they keep using, but I, I just telling you right now, like Steph Curry is like six, one, six, two. Well, also, Trey Trey Young's like 5'10". And I think also the difference is that you saw in college what Steph Curry could do. Like, in that tournament run when he carried Davidson and was just hitting shots from all over the place, whereas last year, Trey Young played a first-round game against Rhode Island and got knocked out. I think it was Rhode Island. Um, But, yeah, it's like... Okay, and like again, I'm not saying Trey's a bad player, but I, I don't think he's someone that I would not be as excited about the Mavericks having Trey Young right now um, as I would, obviously, oh. I mean, you know, having Luca. But of course, uh, but even Dennis Smith, I think Dennis Smith's a better athlete. Oh, um, and I don't know oh, what he's going to be as a pro, but you know, I right now I'm I'm, I'm fine with him over over Trey Young. But, I mean, Trey Young's been as advertised. He'll score some points. He'll shoot the ball. And that's fine. Yeah, I just, uh, even when he scores a lot, to me, it's just, it just doesn't feel impressive. Like, Dennis Smith Jr., when he scores a lot, he just looks more fluid. He just looks, he, he plays the role much better. I, I think it's really no contest. I, I, I'm still selling, uh, any Trey Young stock. I, I don't think he'll ever be, I don't think he'll ever be an all-star. No, I think, yeah, in a few years, like, that's the thing. People want to project him out to maybe be a Steph Curry, but he could just as easily be Kevin Martin, right, who yeah, I mean, averaged, like, I, 25 points a game a few years, like, really put up numbers. But it was like, was anybody excited about having Kevin Martin on your team? No, I agree. And then you look at, uh, I know Bill Simmons ripped the Hawks pretty hard after the draft, and after watching Dennis Schroeder last night for OKC, I was just like, when have they been better off? Which is, uh, what was the guy's name? Jaron Jones Jr. For, uh, Jaron Jackson Jr. Jaron yeah. Jackson Jr. They would have been better off with him and Dennis Schroeder than Trey Young and, and a first rounder next year. Yeah, they they still would have gotten the first, they still could have gotten the first rounder next year. Yeah, they still could have done exactly what they did, yeah. Um, uh, just, now, I don't know where Schroeder got sideways with the organization or, or what exactly happened there, but I've always thought he was pretty good, and I thought he yeah. was going to be kind of a guy for them moving forward uh, when they started to tear everything down. So, um, I mean, obviously they, they were high on Trey Young and, and wanted to go for it, uh, go in that direction, but it was I, – yeah, I, I agree with you. I I like – you know, Jaron Jackson Jr.'s looked pretty good so far for the Grizzlies, and – uh yeah, I mean that 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 would have been an interesting duo for them. Yeah, but I guess that that one GM, he's all hooked on rebuilding the uh, Warriors out east. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, that was going to yeah. be a tough turn. 
I just don't see it. Even Kevin Huertas or whatever that guy's name is, or uh, they're the guy that's supposed to be like Clay Thompson. Uh, he didn't look that impressive either. Yeah, <laughs> he didn't look like Clay Thompson. <laughs> no, he didn't. He didn't. I was just like, why is that guy even on the court? I yeah. Well, I just wasn't seeing it. So I don't know. Good luck to the Hawks. They got one win. Whatever. Whatever. Yep. Um, all right, so looking ahead for the Mavericks, we've got the they're on the road tonight against the Toronto Raptors, and okay. then um, Sunday night they're back home against the Utah Jazz. Oh man! And then a back to back because Monday night they'll go down to San Antonio to take on the Spurs. Hmm. Okay, I hate doing this, but I'm gonna predict a one and two week. Yeah, Toronto's tough. The Utah's really tough, but uh, you know, yeah, I think I think they've got a good chance against the Spurs. That that could be a pretty good game. Yeah, I think we beat the Spurs um, again, and I I think what we're really looking for is more chemistry with Luca and Dennis, and uh, you know, less less shots for West Matthews <laughs> again. Harrison Barnes may be back, so that, and, that, yeah, that's going to change we, things. So hopefully we actually, get Barnes back in the mix. Well, that was my third point, to see <laughs> okay, how, okay. How, uh, how Harrison Barnes meshes with uh, the two new starters in uh, Luca and DeAndre. Yeah, and DeAndre, we haven't really talked about him, but he's been he's been great so far. Yeah, he really has. I mean, really, really solid, really fluid with the offense. I think uh, – I could definitely see him staying after this year. I, I, I more so think he signed a one-year deal to maybe, uh, maybe hedge a little, see how he fits with the team, but yeah. also to keep the cap room open because then they could resign him for whatever if they go sign a free agent. Yeah, I think that was mutual uh, with that contract. I think they mm-hmm. both kind of wanted it that way. But so far through four games, I think uh, positive reviews for Jordan. Yeah, it's really shocking when you have a – rebounding defensive presence in there, how much it just changes the look of the team. Yeah. I mean, uh, you just look back now and you're like, wow, there was such a void last year. Huge void. Huge void. Yeah. Huge. Huge. Um, okay, so one in two weeks. I think that's about it for this week, huh? I think so. I think so. I think so. So, so go Mavs tonight and uh, – yeah, we'll be back next week. Twitter Twitter questions. What are we at Mavs Podcast? At the Mavs Podcast. At the Mavs Podcast. And then Mavs Podcast at Gmail for That's right. email That's questions. Right. So send those questions in. All right. Until next week, uh I am Al Sidham. You are Matt Sidham. And this is the Mavs Podcast signing off. All right, go Mavs. Go Mavs.